Leah. It took a big chunk off. Bleeding. It's bleeding. Oh no, it's bleeding. The thing just ripped me ear off. What do you think? Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the third Eddie and Stevo, the podcast of 2021. Gosh, it seems ages since we last did one of these. And again, we are minus the grand old boy himself. But we will be putting that to rights later in the week, all being well when Stevo will be joining us from Australia. Yes, he's still over there to begin our weekly podcasts during the 2021 season. I trust you're all safe and well. And if you are eligible for your vaccinations and you've had at least one jab, well, if that's the case, we're well on the road to recovery after this awful last 12 months. Now then, in January, you may remember, I spoke at length to Kevin Sinfield. Last month, it was Lee Breers. This time, I wondered how I could possibly beat that. Well, the solution was obvious. I thought, let's go right to the very top and I am delighted to welcome to the podcast the national coach of our game, the former Wigan Supremo, Sean Wayne. Sean, thank you so much for joining me and taking time out of what I'm sure is a busy schedule. First of all, on a personal level, how are you doing? How have you been coping these past 12 months during this COVID pandemic? Hi, Eddie. It's good to speak to you again. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, to be honest, Eddie, it's been, uh, it's been tough. You know, I've not I've not coached my team for over twelve months, and I've been in regular contact with them on Zoom, uh, with meetings, showing them footage. The players have been great, the clubs have been great, but um, losing the Ashes last year and uh, and not getting the players together because of COVID is nobody else's fault. It's been very very difficult for me because I'm, as you know, I'm a very hands-on coach. And, and I'm very comfortable on the field with the players. We're in the video room with the players, and uh, it's not to be. And um, you know, and, and I'm a very optimistic, optimistic person, and I try to make the best of everything. And, and and the best thing I can do is make sure that the players get the message about what it needs to take to be an England player and what we need to do to win a World Cup. And and that's the message they've been getting over the last twelve months. Yeah, I'm sure you're, you're very very focused on what's to come. You were appointed. In February last year, we all know what's happened after that. As you say, the Ashes series was, was called off in 2020. I've seen you on the telly at dozens of matches throughout last year, checking on the players, keeping in touch with them. But but that must be so frustrating for you, not to get out there on the field with them. I don't know how to explain this, Eddie, but I miss the, the stress of um, having <laughs> to win games. You know, And hopefully um, things have turned a corner, things are getting better. And uh, and we can look forward to getting the players together in in April and and uh, and then onwards onwards and upwards then for the World Cup. Absolutely. Look, we'll talk about your hopes uh, to get back on the field with your players shortly. And prepare for that World Cup because it's obvious that's uh, what you love to do and you're you're the best at. Uh, but first of all, let, let's just look back briefly at your own career and flipping it. Where do we start? Uh, you spent just about all your rugby life in Wigan, didn't you? Apart from a couple of spells away with Leeds and then briefly at Workington. But first and foremost, if we cut you in two, you would see the name Wigan written right the way through the middle of you. You had 30-year association with that club, didn't you? It's, it's in my blood, being at Wigan for many, many years and playing the amateur rugby in, in Wigan. You know, it's, 
you know, I've had some great times. It's been, it's been a great game to me. Um, my body's broken. I've broken every bone in my face. I've had like, <laughs> 20 operations on my knee, and you know, it, 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 it's a, it's a tough physical game, but it's it's given me everything. Uh, every friend I've got, including yourself, Eddie, I've met through this great game, and uh, and that's why I appreciate it and I love it so much, and and uh, and I find it frustrating. You know, I, I I watched games last year, unbelievably high quality games with high quality athletes, and I feel like we don't tell enough people about it. It's like we're trying to keep it secret, and um, and, and that's what I find frustrating. So, being from Wigan, coaching, playing, being involved, it's uh, you know. But first and foremost, I'm, I'm a rugby league man. You know, I love watching the game, but um, you know, playing for my hometown club when you consider where I started, you know, it was a, it was a dream. Mm. And to have 10 years at Wigan, win a few trophies and then end up coaching, head coaching my team of my own team and, and, and to win a few trophies then it's, um, I've been very, very lucky, but I've also worked out as well. Oh, you have. There's, there's no question of that. And, I mean, man of the match in the 87 World Club Challenge win against Manly at Central Park. You won league titles, Challenge Cups, John Player trophies. Premiership trophies. You're a Great Britain international yourself. You plenty of highlights uh, during your playing career. Well, what do you think was the best? I said the Manly game when we won the World yeah. Cup Challenge against Manly in '87. That was a that was an unbelievable feat. That we, I don't know who we beat the week, weekend before. We played Manly on the Wednesday, then we played the Lancashire Cup final on the Sunday at St Helens. So it was a tough old period, and we won it. We won it. So it was a it was a real hard nosed. Wigging team were it was win at all costs every time we trained it was it was fearless and um, and when, when I've been coaching head coaching the team they've always asked me about what that team was like in the eighties and the only way I can describe that was just the ultimate competitive uh, nose win at all cost team and that's that's the way we did weights that's the way we trained and. And we won, we won trophies on the back of it. So, and that's what I, I tried to create as a coach at Wigan. You retired as a player in '94. Were, were you always going to go into coaching, Sean? Once, once you hung your playing boots up. Yeah, I was. I, I, I started coaching when I was 25. When I was playing at Wigan, I was going out to the community and coaching in schools, and I got the bug. Um, just for the the bug, which had the thing what I really really enjoyed was seeing players what weren't that good boys and girls what weren't that good improve just improve slightly and and that was something I really really liked and then and then when I finished playing I was coaching at St Pat's I never thought I would actually um, do it full time even though I had a passion for it and I knew I could kill it I was confident in my ability but I, I had a good job of working in, in, in construction and as a key account manager, and then um, I just started going down to Wigan and working with the scholarship, and it, it, I just got the bug then, just just for seeing that improvement. You know, not always the star players, just players players what not are not that good. Seeing them improve and see them improve socially with the group. You know, people people what weren't that popular, but they they got better at the skills, and and it made them more popular in the group. And uh, that sort of thing really appealed to me. And then I started coaching the juniors then in the 90s, late 90s. And, uh, and the rest is history. It is. It is. You scouted for Wigan, as you say. You brought the young players through at the academy level. 
your assistant in 2009. Then you got your big break in 2011. You were named head coach of your hometown club. And, and already uh, we can hear the, the, the fierce pride in your voice. You regard that as your dream job so far, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Um, it was unbelievably emotional to me to come home to my family and to announce that I was head coach because um, I, 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 where I come from, it was I was that far off ever playing for Wigan and that far off ever being head coach. It was it was it. People would say it was impossible. Um, so people can't say that to me now. You know that you can't do it. It's <laughs> impossible because uh, I proved that anything's possible. And you know the chance to play and head coach my own club was was an absolute dream. You know, Wigan people are a bit different. You know, we're a very very proud town, and um, you know you look at what Owen Owen Fowler's doing for England rugby union. Some of the, the legends of sport what come from Wigan, you know, we're a very proud sporting town. So for me to walk out to Old Trafford and leave my team out, walk out to Wembley and to win a World Cup Challenge at, at, at our stadium, the W, was a very, very proud moment for me. Yeah, three grand final mm. wins in all, uh, two Challenge Cups, the two World Club Challenge successes. Um, you can look back and you say, you did your job. It's not a bad haul, is it? Yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'm at, when, when I won them things, Eddie, I, I was happy. Um, but I will never, ever be satisfied. I, I always want more. I, you know, I, I, w- I want to do things better, you know. And that's the way I'll always be. I'll always have, have that hunger to improve and to do it better. And, you know, even though we won a double in uh, early in my career as a coach, I never won all three. And uh, and that frustrates me. And some people might not get frustrated <laughs> for that, uh, but I do get frustrated about that. And it's just in my makeup. But so whilst I'm happy, I love winning trophies and winning World Cup challenges. I enjoy the night, and then the day after, it's what's next. How do we get better? Well, they used to say in an old quiz show. I remember in the black and white days. You're far too young to remember this, Sean. Uh, two out of three, and you're all set. I mean, to win two of the three trophies available in one year is fantastic, uh, uh, and you you achieve that. And, and what's more, you went out at the very, very top of the coaching tree. You were, were named the 2018 Super League Coach of the Year. Uh, that was that was just the the last stamp, really, on the passport, wasn't it? Yeah, that that was very touching because that was voted by. Um, all my fellow coaches and I think they were glad to see the back of me I was playing <laughs> um, yeah I think forget that was, was very very touching that meant a lot and when, when I sat down and um, all the coaches come over at the at the dinner and shoot me hand and said nice things it was very very touching that I really appreciated it and and uh, the week after we had the grand final so it was, it was a great week for us it was it was a great week for, for the club it was a great week for you Personally, but after that grand final, and you'd announced it before the match, you you decided you were going to call it a day. And and I remember we did a, a very special program together on the eve of that final. Yeah. You said then it was a hundred percent your decision to move on. A lot of people, me included, just simply couldn't believe you were going. If anybody listening to this can imagine yeah. what their dream job is, they, they probably won't have it. I had it, and uh, and I resigned from it. Um, and it was my honest call it was me what instigated it and um you know but it, it was right for the club it was right for me i ended it in, in the right way and 
by winning the grand final, leaving the club in good shape. And, um, you know, it, it, it's just what happens. You know, it's it, it's just life. And I had some great years there and I've moved on to, to other things now. And, you know, I've got my own business and I'm coaching my, my national team. And um, they couldn't be a more patriotic, prouder man than, than me. No, oh, I, I know that. And you, you've got it in bundles. But you did take the part-time role with Scottish Rugby Union, didn't you? Yeah. Um, what exactly was your role up there? And do you take any pride from what hap- has happened in the Six Nations this year from your time there? Um, I, I had a few different roles in that short year. I had the, they, they couldn't really nail what they could how they could get the best out of me. Um, I met some wonderful people up there, some really, really good people. I also found it very, very, very frustrating because um, I didn't have a chance to put my stamp on with, with my knowledge about league and union and lines of running and technique and detail. I didn't get a chance to do that. I was there for 12 months and um, I was um, looking at moving up there and 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 taking a three-year contract up there full-time. Um, the year when I worked there was only two days a week. So I was in the process of moving up there full-time, delivering a programme all over Scotland, and then England come knocking, and uh, I realised I'm a rugby league man, and I couldn't, I could not turn that down. Oh, of course you couldn't. I mean, the, the top job. I, I, that programme again in October 2018, I asked you if you'd ever be back, and you said, well... If something happens in rugby league, I'll, I'll have a look at it. How long yep. did it take you to decide to take the England job? I imagine a second. So it was about a week. Never slept a wink for a week because I was that excited <laughs> to get the job and because um, I knew I could make a difference. And so I got the job, and, and then disaster struck, which is which is unbelievably unlucky. Yeah. But it's just it's just the way it is. It is. It is. We've we've had to live through it. We're coming out the other end. Please God. Yep. I know a lot of people, me included, are absolutely delighted that you're in post as the national coach. I know we have a great British bulldog in charge of our national side. What we've already heard on this today, you are a fiercely patriotic man, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Very proud of the country, very, very proud Wigan, very proud Englishman. And um, the players, I think we've lost it a bit, Eddie, to be honest. The players will understand when we get together, what it means to be playing for our country, what a great nation we are, the history we've got, and they will understand. They will. They, you, you, we will get a very proud team starting the World Cup campaign in October. And, uh, and that's mine and the staff's job to make sure the players understand that. I've got no doubts about that whatsoever. C- can I ask you one slightly controversial question, Sean? Yeah. Will an Australian-born player... Okay, he's got all the necessary credentials, of course, but will he ever get in your England team? No. No, English men will play for England and I want to win or lose that way. And and I don't mean that in a negative way at all. Um, You know, I I think the Australians, what we've got over here, are, are fantastic players. But I don't want to be second pick as a country. I want real, honest passionate Englishmen playing for playing for our country and, and that's the way I want our success and if it doesn't turn out that way then I'll bite the bullet and take it but you know that's the way I honestly feel and an art and I can't pretend any other way I, I anticipated that would be the answer 100% well, well said <laughs> now then other nationalities coming up later in the summer your first game 
as preparation for this World Cup. Um, I bet you can't. Why can you? No, I can't. I've, I've got the players together on the field in April. I've got a, I've got a video meeting with them and them on the field. So I, I'm looking forward to that first nail. I'm, I'm doing that this morning. I've been up to six, just planning that session. And then, uh, and then we've got the uh, the, the All Stars game then in June. So I'm I'm really really pumped, looking forward to that. Just a competitive game and see how, how our players go, and 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 see the information we've given, we've drip fed to them over the the last few months is uh, has had an effect, and that's the most important thing to me. Good. And then hopefully full steam ahead to October and the the World Cup here in the the UK. Heart of heart, Sean, hand on heart. It's going to take place, isn't it? It is going to happen, the World Cup, well, yeah, surely. It's going to happen. My motto is start with the end, and the end is a World Cup final. And what do we need to do? Uh, what do I need to do as head coach? What does Paul Wellens and Andy Last, what the players need to do? And we've all got, we all need to work very, very hard. The fact is, when we get to World Cup in October, the finals in November, we need to be very good to win that game. We need to play really, really well consistently for quite a few games. So the message to the players is about consistency, fitness levels, um, concentration levels, uh, understanding the detail what England are about. And that's and that's what we've been hammering into the players for the last few months and the players seem to have responded unbelievably well to it. Fantastic. And here's the $64,000 question. Can we win it this time? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure we can. We have to work harder than anybody else, make sure our players are prepared and and the fact is that you, you look at the player depth in Australia and New Zealand is it's uh, they've got some talent. Samoa, Tonga, really, really strong nations, and many others. So we need to be very good. So that has been the consistent message is about the players making sure they can play to that international standard when they're playing Super League. That's the only way um, we can challenge them when it comes to October. Well, the new domestic season gets underway this week. Uh, it's 25 years, Sean, since the first ever night in Paris. 25 years? Where have yeah. they gone? Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, and it's been fantastic. <laughs> and you've played a massive part to that, Eddie, and we miss well, the way time. you're calling games. And um, Yeah, but it's been, a, it's been a dream. We've had some, over the years, we've had some unbelievably exciting games. And, and I'm very proud of our sport. And I know you are, Eddie. Um, yes. I just feel we need to tell more people about it not keep it a secret you know I've, uh, you know there's a game and I keep going on and on about it there's a game last year Wigan and Saints ball in play six to three minutes first 23 minutes no penalties no errors there's not a sport in yeah. the world and I mean ice hockey NFL there's not a sport in the world could do that and look and I also know that the rivalry between you Wiganers and the Saints uh, always intense respectful yeah. but intense yeah. How did you feel? How did you feel that night when the the, the the siren sounded, the ball from Makinson's drop goal attempt hit the top of the post, and Jack Wellsby touched down to win the grand final? How on earth did you feel? Yeah, that was tough because I'm born breathwaking. It, it was tough, but <laughs> I could see it happening. I could. I saw Owari chest. How he chased that kick, and and that was, and that that sort of effort, what he put in there when it was, you know, there was no way he could score that try, and he never gave in. He just kept on chasing. I'm thinking, this could end up a disaster. I never thought it would genuinely happen, but it did. 
But I think fair play <laughs> yeah. to him, Jack Weldby doing that, that that effort to chase that that ball, what was definitely going to get caught and run out and kicked out, and he never gave in. So credit to him and credit to Saints for for sticking in there at the end. It was it was a, a an incredible moment at the end of a, a an incredible incredible year. Nobody apart from us and the people at Sky and the people who watch on Sky. Nobody in the greater nation knows who the hell Jack Wellsby is. No. He should be he should be a national hero after that. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine that happening in the NFL? And it takes me a long time to watch a game because I'm looking, I'm, I'm replaying it, and it takes me a long time because I'm looking at the detail of uh, what would coach it and what I would do and what I would deliver at time. So to to stop it and watch him, a word he chased right at the start. Um. When you look back at that, the effort from some of the Saints players, you look at some of the stats, and it was, you know, you got two fit teams was really going at it. But the fact is, Eddie, some of the stats, the GPS stats, what really matter. Um, we need to go three times more effort, three times more energy, three times quicker for a test match. That's what that's what test yes, matches deliver to you. So I'm my message to the players is is you don't want to get to October and and it be a huge step up for a test game against Smolber in our first game at Newcastle. You need to make sure you're ready, conditioned, ready for that game. And and the players great. They've listened to us. The clubs have listened to us. Been really supportive, and it, it made me feel proud that the support I've had from the head coach and the CEOs individually at clubs. That's great. Uh, does it worry you the fact that we start the World Cup campaign two weeks after the season? I mean, that gives you a, a, a decent spell to get on top of the players, but they're going to be exhausted after a long, hard domestic season. It's coming right on the back of a of a busy time. It is um, a disadvantage. There's no, there's no question. I can't dress it up anyway. And you know, I'm having the All Stars game on a weekend when everybody's playing. That's a disadvantage. I wanted to stand the lone fixture to give us a chance to get a strong team out. That's not happened. Um, every every week from Christmas, we've just knocked off sessions where we couldn't get the players together. So we'll, every month we're losing time with the players, which makes our Zoom sessions more and more important. But every nation is going through the same process. Eddie, it's not just us. Everybody's finding it tough, and we just need to find a way to make sure our players are, are prepared really well. So, whilst it's not ideal, um, you won't get any excuses from us. It's um, we, we just need to work really hard, really smart, more importantly, and just make sure the players are ready. Indeed, and you, you will you will use the cards you're dealt. Uh, as I say, it starts it starts this weekend. Wigan Saints, Leeds, obviously Warrington. Inevitably, they'll be the bookies' favourites again. Do, do you see any dark horses out there, Sean? Yeah, I think Huddersfield will be strong. You know, they've made some good signings, and Ian, Ian Watson's got in there, which which will change things. And they've kept hold of Luke Robinson, and you know, I, I like the the roster they've got. They've got some good players, and um, I can see them challenging. That would be interesting if they do. Um, it's look, it's it's been it's been fantastic chatting to you again. Um, there are two uh, big jobs, of course, vacant in Super League at the moment. Um, I just wonder if you have got any interest after the World Cup is all over and you've won it and it's in the in the cabinet. 
I just wonder if you've got any interest in the future. You're a young man. You're 56, for goodness sake. Yeah. Any interest getting back to the day-to-day stresses and strains of coaching at club level again? At the minute, I'm, I'm, I've got the dream of coaching my national team in a World Cup, and that's my only focus. But once that's over, I've got another year with the RFL, and I love this job. I love working with, with Ralph. He's been really, really good for me. Um, but, you know, I want to coach the Super League again. And, and I'm open. Do you? Um, yep, definitely. I'd love to go to the NRL because I know I could do a job over there. It probably might, it probably won't happen. I don't know if it will or not. But uh, yeah, I've, I've still got... If, the, if you win got, the World Cup, it will. If you win yeah. the World Cup, they'll be queuing up for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's no I can do that. But, but yeah, I've still got ambitions. You know, I want, I want to win more things. I want to um, test myself in uh, other clubs. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite open to that. Good man, good man. Well, I'll tell you what, you love Australia because I know you love the sunshine as well, don't you? Yeah, I love it. You, I love you, always, had I a nice, it. you always had a nice suntan on that uh, gantry at Wigan. I don't know where you ever got it from. I think it must have come off a, uh, a sunbed, didn't it? <laughs> the sun That's doesn't it. shine that often in Wigan, does it? That, that was blood pressure off the red wine at weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Sure, that's a a great way to finish. And as I say, fabulous to catch up with you again. It's been a delight. Uh, Thank you for being so generous with your time. And when October, November comes round, I can't wish you more luck uh, for ending all those years of World Cup uh, frustration for us. All being well, the podcast returns later this week uh, for a Super League season preview with Steve-O. Until then, from me for now, it's goodbye. (laughs) 